love, exciting and new. But when you're Batman, you really have to question whether or not she's into you because she's into you or she's into you for your money or she's into you because she knows your secret identity or she's into you because she wants to know your secret identity. You know what? Let's talk about the many romances of Batman. everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show the more you nerd and here in this month of love we are gonna talk about the love life of one of our favorite characters the bat man but i can't do it myself i'm drew by the way uh but i can't do it by myself miles how are you man doing great um i have wanted to do some sort of romance themed month for a while and it always gets shuffled aside. I know our friend Tyler and I were supposed to do an anime themed month, and we thought about doing that this month, but it's too close to anime. And so uh, the way I knew I could get Drew to do this is to at least first, if this this lasts, this is an experiment. Yeah, because uh, nobody loves about, listening about romance stuff from two middle aged white guys than everyone. Right. So I wanted to talk about you know, a character that I knew that that Drew could talk about at length at the ready uh, as well as I could. Uh, we have uh, almost started an entire fourth podcast on that. And um, Look, that that podcast is that podcast test episode is now older than I think one of my children. So, yeah, <laughs> there is there is an unre- unreleased episode <laughs> that we that we did. So I figured talking about the romance of of Batman and and romances of fictional characters are certainly a favorite conversation piece amongst uh, denizens of the internet. You will find stories and articles and theories and unhealthy parasocial relationships so so completely revolving around the romantic lives of fictional characters. And Batman is almost a hundred years old and has had some interesting. Uh, one uh, writing uh, of his actual character, it's changed over the years, but he's also had very, very different leading ladies come into his life. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit at first about Batman and romance, because a lot of times, you know, we both kind of grew up where it's, you know, oh, it's it's Batman and Catwoman. That's 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 the couple. That's that's the Superman Lois Lane of it all. That that is who he is going to eventually be. And so I know for the two of us, you know, we've always had that kind of in the back of our heads. It's, but it, for a lot of people who are a little bit younger, Batman's uh, romance life was even more varied after the 80s. For sure. I mean, you you look at, especially when it comes to the fact that Batman is for a lot of people much more a movie character than a mm-hmm. comic book character. Uh, and you have characters that appear in those movies that never appeared in the comic books. Or are very, I mean, I don't want to say not important parts of the comic books, but, you know, were more or less uh, plot points or 
minor supporting characters. But before we get into like talking about, you know, what what characters we want to focus on, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what do you think makes for a good romance partner for Batman and a good romance story for Batman? Because those can be two very different things. For sure. So the big thing, and and this is interesting when you look at Batman versus other characters like Superman or Spider-Man that have had kind of one true love throughout their entire run or most of their run yeah. uh pete, pete's pete's social life is a little bit busier than than clark's <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true uh but but still you had you know spider-man and mary jane uh i mean even even if you count gwen stacy you know that he's he's gwen really had, you have betty brant you have liz you have felicia hardy oh felicia like hardy he, yep. again but if you asked someone on the street who sure, 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 Spider-Man's sure. girlfriend is, they're going to say Mary Jane. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So but when you ask someone on the street who Batman's girlfriend is, that question gets kind of turned upside down. So when I think about someone who would make a good match for our boy Bruce, I have some particular things. One, I feel like they can't be a civilian. Because when you have him dating just some some quote unquote normal person that is not involved in the dangerous nightlife that he is involved in. uh, It makes things complicated and also the stories just aren't as good because it's always about him not being around or or or, or it's the Vicky Vale of it all. And she's essentially a Bond girl. You know, Vicky Vale is essentially the Bond girl of 89's Batman. Yeah, I mean, she she exists to try. I mean, weirdly, and I don't know why I didn't put this together until this week. Vicky Vale is just a Lois Lane analog. <laughs> she's a photographer. Oh, uh, and, 100%. She's this a, happens all the time in comics. She's I mean, a, a photographer instead of a reporter. I don't know why I never put those two things uh, together until right now. But it's it's really Hardy is catwoman oh like, i mean, I mean it's it, yeah again I, that that she's the black cat that one's a little more obvious so, so you you feel like a, a a partner for bruce has to be involved in the life in some capacity in some capacity i'm not saying they have to be a hero i'm not saying they have to be a villain i'm saying that they have to know who he is like there's the the old uh i guess it's maybe not that old the i think i learned about it from kill bill the first time because he's talking about superman it's like you know when superheroes take off the mask that's their secret identity but superman's secret identity is uh, is clark kent and superman's the real guy he's hot you know uh, that and i feel like to me Batman is that same thing. Batman and Bruce Wayne, uh, it's a little more blurred, but I think that Batman is more of the core character than Bruce Wayne. And because of that, I feel like it has to be someone that's not necessarily a good match for Bruce, but is a good match for Batman. Um, Interesting. OK, because I, I I I don't want to say I veer completely opposite, but I, I do think there's a marriage because Yes, I mean, it is it is certainly an adage about Batman that, you know, Bruce Wayne is the mask as um, anyone uh, with any sort of uh, reading comprehension will tell you Um, these stories beat you over the head with that. I think there are some writers who like to take the character outside of that and let Bruce drive a little bit. And those are the ones that are interesting to me. 
Um, so, so you're talking more your Andrea Beaumont's. I am talking about Andrea Beaumont from Mask the Phantasm. I think so. I mean, I, I, I'm going to clear this out of the way. I, I know for a fact that you are a, a, a bat cat guy like you. You like Batman with Catwoman. Correct? I do. I do. OK, so what's interesting to me about this is it takes that idea because it's still him with a villain. <laughs> it is. But I do love that that story involves the emotional core of Bruce Wayne and who he is a, as a human. And I think that makes for a very interesting story. It makes for a tragic romance because that's essentially what happens. But I don't I'm not saying you're wrong and I'm not saying, I'm not saying I disagree. I guess I'm saying there are there are other flavors that can possibly contend. Although at the same time, that story falls into a lot of the things that you are are kind of making a checklist of. It does. You know, she, it, knows, she knows who he is. She is part of the life, even though she's murdering people. Um, not all the there time. There is that conflict. <laughs> it, it is it is a situation where they are kind of opposite sides of a coin in that they 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 match each other on a number of ways. It does honestly help that she is not supernatural uh, in, in the way that that some some other potential uh, partners for Batman are. Um, and, and just they, like they 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 play with each other. It's as much a game for the two of them as it is a cat and mouse Batman. chase. <laughs> i i mean I, I definitely agree i think i think uh certainly in the last decade they have played up that whole that chase that you know they're kind of two sides of the same coin they've been doing more and more to kind of have selena kyle slightly be a dark mirror of bruce They've done, they've done some things with her having grown up in a Wayne orphanage and looking at mm -hmm. his picture on the mantle. I don't love that as much, but 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 this is also a situation where of all of Batman's romantic partners, she has been the longest running off and on back in yes. the Golden Age comics. I, I, it was either Earth one or Earth two. I can't remember specifically which one, maybe both. Batman reforms Catwoman and they get married and they have a kid, Helena, who becomes the huntress. Like this is mm -hmm. this is stuff that that's all stuff that they've kind of redone over the years and over the years. And 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 and, and it, but it's something that I part of that is just because she's the one that they keep going back to. They don't go back to her as much as they do Lois Lane or uh, or Mary Jane for uh, Superman or Spider-Man, but Catwoman is kind of the one that they place their so, focus on. Yeah, we'll talk about Catwoman for a little bit because uh, I want to talk about what what doesn't doesn't always make her a great partner because I think the one thing they have mostly failed to do in at least the last decade, with the exception of I think one or two actual issues, is they 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 always make a good case for Catwoman being his partner. They certainly show the the kinetic sexual chemistry between the characters. They never show them as actual romantic partners. And I think that is part of what's kind of a bummer about the writers when they write those stories. The one exception is the double date that he goes on with um 
Lois and Clark. I was it's about to of, call you on this. <laughs> yeah, it's one of it is one of my favorite slice of life like Batman stories of the last 20 years. It is one of the best things that Tom King has probably written for DC and uh, certainly better than some of the recent stuff, but I I think that those two issues were the first time that anyone in a very long time has made a case for Selena Kyle as a person and for Bruce and Selena as an actual couple doing actual couple things, mm. not just, you know, flirting on rooftops and bouncing around and having weird psychosexual relationships with a joker um, from that uh, awful uh, Tom King, Batman, that Catwoman story. <laughs> yeah, I think I blocked some of that out. Yeah. So, so OK, so. We've talked about this. Can I propose an alternate take? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're, I'm, we're, we're, here, we're here to chat about this. I'm not. You're, you're going like, to. We're giving different takes. You're going to. You're going to maybe maybe call me out on this. And I, I think you're going to know where I'm going because uh, this is um, one of the more interesting uh, romances that the bat has had. I it, it, with with. If Catwoman is not in the picture, I have always been a fan. You're going Justice League, aren't you? No, I'm not. Oh, oh. I have okay. always been a fan of Batman and Talia al Ghul. So, so Talia al Ghul, daughter of Ra's al Ghul, the demon. Can't stay uh, away from them bad girls. <laughs> can't, he cannot stay away from them bad girls. The, so Talia Al Ghul, you have a number of things going. Uh, when it comes to drive, when it comes to so one of the core ideas of Batman's character being his 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 will and his drive moving forward to do what he's doing, y- y- one of his best villains, honestly, probably my favorite member of the Rogues Gallery is Ra's al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul, however you want to pronounce it, because they yeah. seem they seem to be kind of on that. Th- they have they're similar like Ra- Ra's al Ghul and and, and I'm going to I, I also I'm going to call him Ra's and I'm going to call him Ra's and it's going to go back and forth this entire episode and I apologize, but but the two of them are more similar than they are different in their in, in, in the right hands. I absolutely agree with you because when he's written well and when he's written by someone who understands the character, Raz Ghul is not the villain of his story. And I know you're listening to this and like, well, that that's the case of any villain. I'm like, no, no. Raz has, whether you agree with him or not, kind of a point. Yeah. <laughs> He's a little extreme, same with Magneto, but he's coming from a place of, you know what, we we got to fix this and we got to fix this in the most extreme way possible. Um, you know, obviously he goes from zero to 100, but he has I mean, and then, you know, certain people are like, oh, no, he goes full on genocidal maniac. And uh, yeah, but I think that what makes him interesting is because he sees some of himself in the de- de- uh, the detective. Exactly. That he effectually calls Batman. And I I will say this um, about the the classic Talia Agul stories is there is this romance atmosphere about. I mean, they, uh, he's whisked away to a, a faraway place from Gotham. He is I mean, it, it, on this swashbuckling adventure. He's got his mask on, but he's sort of fighting bare chest in the sand. And like there's 
the 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 Denny O'Neill book uh was it the Son of the Demon Son of the Demon Son the, of the, the Demon actually that, that wasn't book. uh well Denny Denny O'Neill might have drawn it but it was a uh uh Mike Barr wrote it yeah um the artwork in that book oh Jerry is... Jerry Bingham was the artist on that not Denny okay uh written by Chuck Dixon. Then we are talking about two different books. There's there's two different books. There's I'm talking about the, gra- the I'm talking about the graphic novel story that introduces one of my favorite uh, my favorite moments. Um, the one I'm talking about is an 87 graphic novel by Mike Barr and Jerry Bingham, which uh, is basically a whole story of yeah, Batman is- falling in love with Talia and yes. going off and being sort of weirdly welcomed into welcomed into to the 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 league of assassins and and ultimately of course you know and bruce and talia or the detective and talia marrying as part of this and oh, oh, the unfortunate falling out of you know Roz not changing and batman not able to to change his mind um, this story is also well known for being the inspiration for uh, Grant Morrison's run where he introduces Damian Wayne. This is the the story that yes. is the, the reference. I don't, I don't know why Chuck Dixon popped up when I was putting that in. Um, yeah, so the artwork in this book, uh, Jerry Bingham's art in this whole book is phenomenal. It's There's fantastic. a flow to it. It's very, it's, and it's also very romantic and especially this stuff with Talia. Now they've now since kind of marred all the all the romance by saying oh no she was roofing him but in the actual story that is that is not the case yes and and i choose i choose the son of the demon take and the like they redid a a little bit of damian wayne's uh introduction in the new 52 when they redid it to where like damian was kind of a a a grown in a tube kind of thing and and i don't i don't hate that. that i don't dig that as much but when you see and, and you see this play out in a couple of things, when Talia shows up in the Arkham, uh, Arkham Knight, uh, not Arkham Knight, uh, Arkham City game, I think is when Talia shows up, you know, there's there's a history there. The two of them are, you know, children of wealth and you kind of have to see a little bit of similarity between their their things. And again, it's the kind of high ideals like, uh, you know huge huge goals for their organizations and the drive and will and power to get that done that i have always liked that and son of the demon is a huge part of that now they have made talia a bit more bloodthirsty uh and a bit more uh a bit darker a bit less yeah uh, i I honestly there there are some characters where I wish that some writers would leave well enough alone and they have certainly leaned into being her father's daughter whereas you know Grant Morrison had a specific thing to do with Talia and he said that the story that he that he was concocting through his Batman run and especially the stuff with Damien Talia and Bruce is this is a story about divorced parents and that's specifically what he said. And that's how he was 
doing that story. And I thought that was an interesting way to go about it because clearly both of these people do care about one another. Um, their their whole situation is borderline psychotic. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, Talia, Talia certainly truly loves Bruce. And there was at some point this really nice kind of like traditional classic adventure romance story to go with their fondness for one another. Because for the longest time, she was also depicted as sort of like the rational side of her father. Like she might still align herself with him somewhat. But whenever he crossed certain lines, she'd be the one to tow him back or she'd at least always help Bruce in some capacity uh, because of her love for him. Would always call him beloved. And that, I mean, that was an iconic thing about her. I mean, especially from yeah. the comic and the cartoon and everything, she always called him beloved. And that was an interesting thing. And I feel like the problem with Talia is it's not that she's not a bad person to ship Bruce with, but I don't think. I mean, certainly no story with her ever ends well. Yeah, well, and and part of this is the is the sad nature of comic books that they they reset things all the mm. time. There, there is certainly that. But I mean, every single time they do some sort of story like Tali and Bruce outside of some of the demon, they very rarely have ever been able to have like moments together. Well, I mean, and, and, and I think back to Grant Morrison, same same person's uh, uh, same writers, uh, uh, Batman Inc. run that featured <laughs> the the you know the the death of damian wayne with all and also like a weird damian clone and and all sorts of stuff there that was commanded by his mom and i forget honestly i forget all of the details of what happened in that book but it was pretty wild yeah i mean it's it's certainly a great story but i at the end of the day and this is partially marred by, I would say, stories from the last 10 to 15 years. It, it I don't think it makes for great romance. I think Son of the Demon was phenomenal and an excellent argument for Bruce and Talia. I think everything they've told uh, in the last 15 years has almost been the opposite. Hmm. Well, they've and, been focusing on Catwoman so much that they. Well, that there, there is that. Um, I'm, I want to. I'm going to be the dark horse here because I, I want to talk about someone whom I mean, we, we talked about Adrian Beaumont, who I am a huge, huge fan of only only notable appearance appearance. And I'm not going to bring up the recent Batman Catwoman series is Batman Masculine Phantasm. Uh, just open and shut story. And she is almost the perfect character for Bruce because you know, someone she knew when he was she when uh, Bruce was younger and there was something they could develop there in the same way. Paul Dini has a fondness for another. Superhero in Bruce's life that has weirdly popped up more than once. If and I could say it backwards, I would, Miles. Yes. Um, and honestly, when it first happened, I was kind of shocked a little bit like i was very surprised even though i know how much he loves the character uh but and i'm talking about uh the superpowered magician 
of the Justice League, Zatanna. Um, Paul Dini did a run of of Batman. I want to say not too terribly long after Hush, when they were getting kind of all these big name writers to do a stint on Batman or Detective Comics. And they had this whole story with Batman and Zatanna. Starting off when Zatanna's father was hired to perform at Bruce Wayne's party. Bruce Wayne is obviously off by the creep being by himself. Um, oh, no, that's not hired by his father, hired by Alfred because his parents were already dead. Um, and is, you know, kind of just wanting to be left alone. And at the same time, Zatanna's being tagged along and sees this lonely kid and she knows real magic. And so Bruce is kind of fascinated by her because he's like, how is she actually doing this? This isn't really magic. What's going on? And a friendship develops and it certainly becomes more than that. And that is an element that I really like to the story of Bruce and Zatanna because Bruce, one, knows Zatanna both in and out of, of quote unquote work. But I also think that they have a, a shared history. And that's something that I think they they kind of, you know, that's why they've written that stuff with with Selena um, in the New 52 is because they wanted to introduce that element because Paul Dini was so convincing of this relationship that you're like, oh, well, yeah, obviously th- this thing I never thought would ever be the case is one of my favorite pairings. So so I, I found the Zatanna, the Zatanna relationship interesting. Um, and they've had they have actually ret well not retcon that they've reintroduced that as more of a z- uh, z- Zatan. What is Zatanna's dad's name? Zatara. Zatara. Thank you. Um, they have retcon that a little bit to be that Zatara was one of the teachers of Bruce Wayne when he's learning how to learning the tools to be Batman, and I think he learned, you know close-up magic i don't know distraction of whatever he learned from from what you can do with that but the problem that i have with zatanna is the similar problem that i have with andrea beaumont not that they're bad partners for bruce but they are they are great partners for bruce at a certain time in his life when he is not the person that he grows into and why and and the same way that we see Andrea in Mask of the Phantasm, you know, going to to going doing what she's doing, Zatanna and Bruce, at least in that classic story, Zatanna crosses a line with using her powers to 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 I forget it was making somebody's memory disappear. I forget this specifically the what the what the thing happens. And she crosses a line that Bruce isn't ready to to cross mm-hmm. he doesn't want that to happen and that ir- irreparably damages that that relationship and i i see that being a thing and i also see i see a similar uh, similar thing honestly with talia and the whole concept of lazarus pits uh but it's that slightly extra uh uh more than human demi-human magic effect that i i, I don't know it, you know I, I don't know if that would work long term with him well i think it depends on the character um i think with the right writer and, th- and this is a, certainly an important thing because 
you know, doing a monthly comic, especially if you're doing one of the main titles of Batman or Detective Comics, you you have to be able to 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 basically shove this into a comic that also has some action and some sort of overarching uh, story to get Joe Q public to grab a, a, a copy because those two titles are two of the bigger selling titles that DC has. Um, and I think there are stories you can tell that don't involve them crossing a line. Like, I think, I think that's a mistake that Dini made because he was like, I know, I know I had this one shot to make the case for this character, but I, I have to leave it in a way that, because with Batman, everything has to end tragically, which I think is the worst mistake that writers make with Batman. Yeah. I think, I understand that they, they are, they are making corporate comics, telling an, an ongoing story that never ends. But I think the biggest problem writers make is, oh, well, everything always has to have that dour note. It's, it's just that it's not that man can't be happy. It's not and fun I, for old Bruce. I don't think that's the way to do things. And I think the biggest case against that was when Dick Grayson was actively Batman and being different and showing that you can be Batman and being more than Batman. And that's what I want for Bruce's romantic life. I think that you can tell interesting romantic stories with this character. And I think that a lot of writers have certainly made great cases for a lot of great relationships. But I don't think anyone's really, I think, put thought into an endgame. Yes, they've like, oh, Selena and Bruce have gotten engaged. But we all kind of knew where this was headed. Yeah, you knew it wasn't going to last because because they they always uh, weirdly with Batman, they always want to hit the reset button when they will let Superman and Lois be married forever. And they and finally have <laughs> and have a kid. They uh, and apparently adopting two more. That is something that happened recently <laughs> in comics. Um, they will let. Well, eventually they broke uh, they broke Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson up and it has been a point of contention for decades since. Um, but for whatever reason, Batman has to be Batman. He has to I have to I'm gonna go to the night. Well, because it's, it's either it's either you have it end badly in their relationship or you have them, you know, blow up. And, or or and my that's... least favorite, they were they knew who he was and they were playing him the entire time to get into his inner sanctum, which is the whole other thing that I just dislike, which only happened a couple times. Um, but I, I feel like no matter what, and this is kind of what I wanted to talk about, no matter which character you, you pair Batman with, I think there needs to be an effort on writer's part to allow Bruce Wayne to be a romantic partner. Because every single time we have these pairings, you always have Bruce play this all of a sudden this weird puritanical can't do this character as he always ends up doing. And I just don't think it works. I think you have to allow Bruce. I mean, this kid has this guy has a million kids now. Like, it's not attachments that are the problem. <laughs> 
like he 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 has a whole a whole bat family and i feel Honestly, like and the fact that he's got a bat family the, you don't call it the superman family you don't call it the spider-man family but you definitely call it the bat family i'm not sure of any other characters who have this many sidekicks that are still this close yes the marvel family maybe uh, yeah but they're all marvel now they're all shazam and, <laughs> and yeah yeah i mean mary marvel and all that but like i i mean i don't disagree I, I i do think the superman family had something for a little bit but uh the bat family is uh an interesting core concept and the fact that you can let bruce have this and not introduce a romantic partner that can be interesting to readers that can be interesting to bruce that can challenge him that can actively have some romance in these books because i think there's nothing wrong with having romance in a batman book and honestly i I would love it because i mean the best thing in comics right now is tom taylor's nightwing run and it is doing all of those things that we're talking about yeah it is hitting every single everything we're talking about of what they need to do with bruce wayne they are doing with Dick Grayson right now. Okay, Miles, I know we're we're getting a little long in this episode. I know. <laughs> but I've got a I've got a a a dark horse candidate for the perfect pairing with Bruce Wayne. Can't be you, Drew. It's not me. Okay. I wish. But I'm not a comic book character, so it really wouldn't work there. I've tried. Um, but you've got Right now in the comics, you've got kind of a, a slightly broken Bat family that they've come together and that that Nightwing run is is a big part of that. But um you've got kind of a hole in the family. The the, the sort of, of the the glue that held the held the family together passed away not long ago. Alfred Pennyworth is, is gone. gone. He's not back yet, is he? Uh no. No. No, no, there, there's more, some weirdness with that Batman versus Robin miniseries that we don't need to talk about. Um, but yeah, no, he's 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 gone. Well, what a lot of people may not know about Alfred. So Alfred's got a daughter. Pretty estranged. Julia Pennyworth. Hmm. What a perfect she, oppor- I never even occurred to me. What a perfect opportunity to bring her back. As someone who wasn't raised by alfred maybe has some has some uh uh you know has some 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 sort of uh 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 trauma surrounding that uh this is a character and and i'm sure some issues like oh so you're you're to blame for for dad's death yeah her (laughs) most recent incarnation post new 52 she is a british special forces agent uh, she yeah. worked she worked in the Batcave for a little bit. So now she's kind of familiar with everybody, everything that was going on there. Um, and, you know, she knows at least some of the Bat family that exist. But, you know, she could she could come in. She could uh, could fill that hole and the two of them could form a bond because I imagine they are of a similar age uh, just because Alfred's been in the Wayne's care for a very long time. Uh, yeah, I could see that. They have, 
she's I, I, in, I certainly I certainly think it's interesting. She's 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 behind the curtain. She she she's a crime fighter in her own right, um, though more on the right side of the law than the wrong side of the law. She is fully human, so she doesn't have any of the like weird supernatural stuff that could get in the way like uh, you know wonder woman is a character we have have seen danced around uh, a relationship with batman for a long time including in that batman catwoman run which is a very interesting take when they went to go to that uh to that dimension where time lasted for a very long time when it was only minutes or hours on the real world that was a very interesting mm-hmm. issue but anyway but julia also doesn't have any bad guy baggage. She's not a criminal that needs to be reformed. She's a good guy on the right side of the law. I don't know. I could I could see that being an interesting take. I you know, if I sound reticent, it's only because not enough not people have written Julia. Um but I I certainly think that's a really interesting idea. Um, I can't remember how young she's supposed to be. I felt like they they made her closer to Dick's age, but which doesn't really make sense. I, I I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying I just remember the last time I saw her, her feeling younger. Um, but that's also, I mean, your typical. <laughs> that's how they're going to draw women in comics. Um, yeah. So I will say Julia actually goes further back than I knew before doing research for this. She was actually um, in the golden age or silver age. She was born out of an affair that Alfred had while he was working for the British uh, British government in World War Two. <laughs> so, right. So she is. So I, I, I am treating that as her being kind of closer to. To, to bruce's age just because she would apparently she was in the arrowverse what yeah that's new yeah i think she was um i i, I definitely think it's interesting i know we've been you know obviously pairing him with with women but i mean batman's kind of always been coded as heteronormative uh i wouldn't be against it i if, if anyone uh if i was going to pitch him against uh any any character uh, outside of that, I would say John Constantine, because yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's that is kind of a similar Batman Catwoman relationship. Yeah, they would they um, would they would fight until they weren't fighting anymore. Wink, wink. Exactly. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've, in fact, there's scenes they've done that with Injustice League Dark or in the Injustice stuff where it's like, yeah, I think this might be going somewhere. Um, <laughs> but I mean, for me, I, I it's more like. He has all these interesting romantic characters in his history. And seldom do you see anyone do anything interesting with that. And I think that is my, my go-to. That's why I glom onto like um, Mask of the Phantasm, because someone took the time to write that story. Someone took the time to give an emotional response to a romantic interest and that was wonderful and it's not that we haven't had chemistry between characters i mean obviously any iteration animated or live action between bruce and selena has always been sparks flying on the screen even the gotham tv show introduced bruce and selena when they were kids to Mm -hmm. uh to, to to have that be a thing 
Yeah. And I, 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 I like, I'm not even like vying for any particular person. I just want, so, I want people out there to actively make good romance stories involving some of these characters. And it's not just, you know, uh, from a fan fiction angle, it's that, you know, we need these well-rounded stories. It doesn't always have to be action and the same weird mystery every single arc. You can have some breaths. I mean, obviously, you're not going to find anyone defend slice of life stories more than me. But it's <laughs> telling that the one of the few Batman stories that both Drew and I can actively remember from the last six years is a slice of life story about Bruce and Selena. Bruce and Selena and Clark and Lois going on a double date as Bruce and Selena and Clark and Lois and getting into hijinks. It's two of the best issues of Batman in the last 10 years. Easy. Yes. Agreed. And and I, I mean, that counts some of Scott Snyder's run because I mean, you know, some of that didn't always land for me, but I, I think that that shows how important these moments are because they're the ones that people glom onto. You know, people always remember those things. And I think that giving people more emotional stories with these characters is going to make them live longer. I mean, because at some point, the this the superhero stuff runs out of gas a little bit. It's why we always get these weird introspective stories at some point. Or you have someone like a maniac like Grant Morrison who's like, oh, we're going to make everything canon and it's going to be pop art. And it's going to be <laughs> wild. And it was. It's one of the best runs in the history of the character. There are flaws in it. Uh, Jezebel Jet being one. Because he, as much as he understands the importance of Batman, I don't think he fully understood Bruce Wayne. And that's just a, a, a me thing. I think that Grant well, Morrison has said and written many amazing things about the nature of the character. But I think that's one thing he missed. Uh, Jezebel Jet was a means to an end in that uh, in that run and that's that's, the problem and that's the problem she was there to accomplish one specific thing and she wasn't there to be a partner yeah and i mean i think that's what i want to see as i want to i want to see someone who actually threatens to make bruce wayne happy like what happens then i think the closest we've really gotten to like that kind of uh existential crisis is mask the phantasm i think it's what makes uh Andrea Beaumont so interesting is because of the those scenes that between Alfred and Bruce, where he's like, I I can't do what I'm doing and have someone expecting me home. And making him have those moments because people people got used to writing that stoic Batman. And that became how people see Batman. And I think that needs to end because that is not indicative of what makes Bruce interesting. Similarly, when when Bat- or Catwoman leaves Batman at the altar, it's because she knows that if he's happy, he won't be Batman anymore. And that's what the world needs. It's a cop out. It's a cop out. I don't I don't like I it. I hate that so much. Um, so, yeah, that that is I think that is a good point uh, place to wrap up our conversation about Batman. I knew it would be a little wandering. <laughs> but I, I I had a good time talking about this yeah, because this, I think this is uh, this is a weird one for us guys because we we were not sure how this was going to go. We were not sure not sure how still not sure how this is going to be received. But uh but you know, we thought it might be more fun than just reviewing something again. Yeah, I didn't want to do a top 10 like 
you know, romantic interests of Batman. I, I really wanted to talk about like, you know, one of my favorite characters and the romantic possibilities and not just, you know, compare and contrast different ladies. I thought that would be this. I, I was hoping the way we went about it was a little less gross than that. I hope so. <laughs> I, but I again, we are also two middle-aged yeah, dudes. Exactly. So we'll see in the comments, I guess. If I missed the mark, I missed the mark. Speaking of comments, um, we will announce what we are doing uh, next week. Uh, next week, you might be in for a little surprise uh, as we we talk about what's going to happen. But if you would like to talk to us about this episode or any other episode, you can find us at themoreunerd.com. You can tweet to us at themoreunerd. You can yeah, go to twitter.com at themoreunerd uh, there. And you can email us themoreunerd at gmail.com. That's themoreunerd.com at gmail.com and until next time we end the show as we always do with a rousing i am vengeance i am the knight i am nerd Nerd out out i hate you so much (laughs) 